0: Welcome to the 205th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the professor, Matt Perkins. And a square in across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton.
1: Well, I hope I don't put the square and square in, but um, it's one of my favorite routes, actually.
0: No, uh, but you do uh, You do put the belly into the 23 belly.
1: Yeah, that, that I'm right, I do. <laughs>
0: well um speaking of uh the running game and food uh we can't get started without the third amigo in the second city um a man who is gorging himself on big 10 basketball now it's our (laughs) blogger from big 10 and counting josh cook
2: yeah i mean it's the the season where you get some of your first impressions i like to watch kind of the first couple of weeks of the basketball season and then you can sort of get a snapshot of teams, and then maybe fade away for a little bit while the holiday season comes. And then in the meat of the Big Ten basketball season, when it picks back up and kind of the dog days there in January and February, it gets pretty exciting again.
1: Let's be honest. I don't pick up college basketball until after the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty common. I just I would like to get some first impressions and. But Georgia sucks at basketball, so that could have any,
0: something to do with it. Yeah, you guys haven't had a you guys haven't had a, a player since Dominique. So. so you
2: have a don't you have a pretty Dwight Schrutean head coach now? Yeah, uh, former
1: Big Ten guy, Tom Crean. Tom he's Crean. Uh, he's a member of the Harbaugh family.
0: Well, and he was uh, before that at Marquette uh, who just got absolutely slayed by the Badgers this weekend, 77 to 61 in the Kohl Center. Uh,
1: Georgia Georgia, uh, Georgia got a huge win. They're 10th in a row over Georgia Tech. So Ooh. that was pretty good.
0: Okay. Well, uh, that concludes the illegal defense portion of the Illegal Motion <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, speaking of defense though, Josh, uh, your Hawkeyes slowed down uh, Minnesota just enough to uh, – End the, uh, end the perfect season for uh, the Golden Goofs. Uh, you were in-house. Uh, <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, how was it? How was your, uh, was it your girlfriend's first experience to Kinnick? She, had, Kinnick been to the, she Kinnick? had
2: been to the stadium before in the off season just to see it. Um, but this was her second ever college football game of her life. First one ever at Kinnick. Uh, very weirdly, her maiden voyage was West Lafayette. Oh, I was gonna say it was Purdue. Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to you want to start with seeing some of the worst that college football has to offer before. Okay, Josh. so well, so
0: Josh, I assume your first <laughs> your, Josh, your first college football game was uh, was was an Iowa game, obviously, right? Yeah. Coach, what was um, your coach? What was your first college football game?
1: Ironically, a Georgia Tech game.
0: <laughs> Do you remember how old you were? No,
1: Um, I just remember – the first one I actually remember was they were playing Florida State. Uh, A a kid that played for my dad was starting at Tech, and obviously my dad graduated from Florida State, so naturally we went to that game. Um, And it was like really cold and it started raining. I I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade maybe, third, fourth, fifth grade, somewhere somewhere in that range. Nice.
0: All right. All right. Sorry, Josh. Go on. I don't know why I need oh. to interject there. but
2: No, that's, oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think about my first game. Um, you, you know, my, my grandpa um, was a long-time ticket holder, had tickets really since he was an undergrad at Iowa. So, like, 60 years worth of tickets. So, he had phenomenal seats based on seniority and then also um, did quite well for himself. So, also got to be a big booster. So he always got like a bank of like six or seven tickets. And then uh, my dad always got two tickets. So, um, you know, it was ample seating for all of us. And I don't know how young I was uh, when I went to my first game, I would guess maybe the six, seven, eight range. And then, um, you know, kind of split with my brother going to games and then, um, by the time I was in late elementary school, I was going to every game. So um, that was kind of my trajectory. How about you, Matt? What was your first game? Dartmouth.
0: I was. A- I-, I asked the question. Syracuse, without, thi- with- without thinking about it. Um,
2: Maybe Syracuse.
0: Probably no, uh, I believe
1: University of Buffalo.
0: No, uh, Division Army 3, West Point. Division three University of Rochester. You yep. know, Rochester um, versus uh, the Rochester Yellow Jackets. Um,
2: ironically, that stadium's also better than Ross aid Stadium.
0: <laughs> Listen, uh, <laughs> historic downtown Rochester. I, I mean,
1: Rochester versus Montclair State.
0: Ro- Rochester is, uh, you know, it, it's a lovely place if you really like cloudy weather. Ooh, actually gets the uh, has the most cloudy days of. Well, you
2: know what they say about Rochester? Uh,
0: it, if it, you don't like the it, weather, it, wait five minutes.
2: No, I was going to say Rochester. It's the Manchester of upstate New York.
0: Oh, I think that's doing a short shrift to Manchester. That's really coming back these days. They turned all the old mills into these really fun new little artist venues. Sorry, I'm getting way off track with my New England. Um, and this is your tourism update.
1: Yeah.
2: No, I was, I was thinking old school Manchester. The, uh, oh, Manchester <laughs> the England?
0: Thing. I was thinking Manchester, New Hampshire. No. Well Come then. On. Um, screw
1: that i was thinking manchester tennessee
0: boy (laughs) well it any either way it's better than rochester minnesota because that state is home to the now no longer undefeated golden gophers josh so this uh, is a roundabout way of getting back to the fact that you were in the house with the lovely Kristen.
2: yeah um let me start with the positives um we won, always fun to beat your rival, always fun to knock off an undefeated team. Um, Minnesota's spoiled some of our seasons, so that was fun.
0: Nice to get that pig back in your hands well, it well, I mean, you didn't leave your hands, but you know what you know what I mean get, but, get it at the end of the game
2: but I've got a little bit of a salty taste in my mouth, and um I'm going to use the exact same analogy I used with my girlfriend who uh, was a theater person. That's what she studied in school. Um, spent in a lot of shows. And she didn't understand why I was a little just deflated after the game despite winning. And the, the analogy I used was you rehearse for a play, you know, week after week after week, all these rehearsals, and you keep messing up the same stuff. And nothing improves. And so you know it's not a very good show. Because stuff keeps getting messed up over and over and over again. Opening night comes. You make the same mistakes as a theater company. But you get a standing ovation. Because the crowd was entertained. They had a fun night. But you know as an insider, as an expert, as someone who does it that you made all the same mistakes, and it wasn't a clean show. And that's where I am with this Iowa game. I know a lot of Iowa fans are sucking up the polished turd that Iowa rolled out there because we beat Minnesota, but um, they scored three touchdowns on the first three possessions because Ference opened the playbook up. Rest of their possessions, punt, 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 Field goal, punt, end of game, 69 yards in the second half, three points. That was a turd. They laid a turd out there. They got lucky that Minnesota had some just goofy stuff. Uh, Minnesota used some really ill-advised timeouts in the third and fourth quarter that then put them in a bind where they had to go for an onside kick with, like, just under three minutes left they missed a field goal they had a turnover on downs when a field goal would have made it 20 to 16 in the third quarter and if you play out the game well iowa all they added was another field goal so it would have been 23 16 would have been a one possession game not a two possession game when minnesota scored their touchdown in the fourth quarter so We got lucky that Minnesota made some very uncharacteristic, poor decisions in the game. Um, The defense got shredded by Minnesota quarterback Tanner Mag. uh, uh, Yeah, Tanner Morgan.
0: Not the former BYU great Tanner Mangum. 25 of 36,
2: 368. Nate Stanley, Nate the Great, as some fans call him. Yeah, he had two touchdowns. 14 of 23, 173. What did he do in the second half? Nothing um goodson the fun freshman ran 13 times 94 yards for iowa got a little dinged up they didn't take him out of the game and they're like whoa the running game didn't work as well Uh, your backup had six carries what's he doing get him out there if the kid allegedly got a little dinged up like the coaching staff said why the hell is he playing um so just that was disappointing Iowa, same mistakes that they've had every week, but it just looks better because the result was different. On top of that, um, Iowa rushed the field. And I took a picture of it because, like, I got caught up in the moment. But about 30 seconds after taking the picture, I was just like, we were the favored team. We've owned Minnesota since Hayden Fry got to Iowa we haven't lost at home to this team in 20 years. It's more insulting for us to ruin their undefeated season and just walk it off and go, Hey, that's what we expected. It looked like a dumb, like Bush league thing to rush the field. And then the other thing that really pissed me off is in Minnesota's desperation, they're out of timeouts. Iowa gets a sack. The clock is running. Clock is running. Minnesota gets up there, runs a play. Minnesota got sacked again. And now the clock is like desperation panic, but they blew it dead because Tanner Morgan was laying down. And the Iowa fans started to boo. And it's like, okay, maybe he's faking an injury, but A, you don't know that, and B, as soon as the medical staff comes out, he has to sit out of play. I'm sorry, it's better percentage for Iowa to have the Minnesota starting quarterback on the sideline for third and twenty-one than it is to have the kid that's shredded your defense out there for third and twenty-one. I would gladly give Minnesota a little extra time out doing that. That's a trade-off. That's a win-win. And I don't really remember Iowa fans booing injuries until like, three or four years ago when um, Iowa did some hurry-up stuff and an opponent very, very clearly booed injuries. But, like, I remember going to a Michigan State game where any time an Iowa player got nicked up, um, MSU fans were booing mercilessly. And one of the injuries that happened to a Hawkeye that game was a season-ending concussion. And it's like, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Why would, like... Just why are we booing? It's so stupid. And I guess that kind of dovetails with something even just unrelated to this game that I saw, but Penn State fans sending death threats to their quarterback, just get, get out, stop watching football, stop being a fan, like become a human being, like find a hobby, go to church, (laughs) like do something other than telling a college kid, that you're gonna murder him because they lost a football game, like I, that's,
1: I don't know. That's totally uh, that's totally um, insane
2: like, and uh, rational, right? Yeah, well, I mean, like, listen, this like, is what the, the fan doing? base
0: that 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 tells the players to cut their hair because it doesn't look appropriate. Yeah.
2: I mean, what like what are we doing? Like big picture stuff as a society. Fans, not just
0: Penn State fans. There are fans in every there, there are fans in every single fan base that are like this. No, and it, it it's embarrassing for every single fan base.
2: I saw uh, Brian Ferentz's email publicly listed because he's a university of iowa employee i showed it to dad i was like i was like should i email him like subject line you're awful and then <laughs> and that subject of the and then body of the email call better plays and i just said it kind of like tug of cheek and even that which was just meant to be funny dad was like like why it doesn't impact your life it's a saturday like and at the end of the day Yes, all three of us are diehard football fans, but it's 12 Saturdays out of our life. Like
0: yeah, like 15 if we're lucky.
2: Yeah, the sun the sun will you know? come up tomorrow. It's, it's
1: not yeah. A big deal. At, the, at the end of the day, Georgia yeah. lost to South Carolina, I I don't think I uh nothing bad happened to me. I didn't uh I didn't get injured. I didn't die in a car wreck or anything like that. Georgia just got a L on the stat sheet. So it's whatever. I got over it after about 30 minutes of being disappointed.
2: Yeah. But um to get back to Matt, you know, talking about the Minnesota Iowa game, it was it was bittersweet. That's all I could say is Iowa's just they don't have it this year. And we'll be interested to see how they look here in a couple days against Illinois. And you know, if Nebraska has a bowl on the line. Who knows what they'll look like in that game, but uh it, it's always deflating when you see a team with no progression whatsoever, and it's, it's very, very clearly not a talent issue because I've seen some Iowa players make incredible plays that, like, I haven't seen the this level of talent really in a while, so I know it's squarely on the coaching staff and that's always deflated as a fan
0: yeah it's you know it's (laughs) frustrating and you know as a wisconsin fan you know i i know i i know that feeling quite well coach does too um but coach (laughs) have
2: you ever ever heard a more depressing recap of a game that iowa won
0: well i mean (laughs) coach georgia won last weekend in pretty similar fashion over auburn
1: Yes, they did. Um, it was kind of one of those things where they had, I think, was it eleven punts and like nine three and outs. Um, a lot of them coming in the second half. I mean, it was it was about as defensive a game as you could get. Uh, but Georgia up twenty one nothing in the fourth quarter. You think, okay, now they figured it out. Now they're about to drop the hammer. Then all of a sudden. You know, you're thinking, "Oh my God, they're going to blow this thing."
0: Yeah. What well, now? So, do you, Was it more of a matter of them taking their foot off the gas, or the defense getting tired, just being out there after so many, after so many three and outs? Like, what was it? Well, it,
1: it, it was both. I mean, the defense was gassed, and, and the offense was just not getting first downs because partially they got conservative and wanted to kill, eat clock. And you know, when you have behemoths in the middle like uh, Auburn has, with uh, you know, with Derrick Brown and, you know, those, you know, that front seven that they have, it, it just gets really challenging. And it just, you know, receivers couldn't get separation. You know, uh, if if the receivers were good and had any burst, some of these uh, holding calls that the Auburn DBs were were uh, committing would have gotten called. They, they don't get called because Georgia's receivers just, don't have enough credit to to be able to get those calls. And so you're able to kinda uh toe that line of holding or not holding or pass interfering or not interfering. Um you know they had a you know they just had some some bad luck things go and, you know, they Auburn made a good run there and Georgia's defense was tired and they couldn't they couldn't get pressure on Nix. Nix was doing a good job at the end of the game of getting the ball out quickly. And they just too little too late, I guess. Um but you know georgia georgia's defense again they stood on their head the whole night long all night long it was it was a thing of beauty to watch uh especially the youth movement at georgia with uh with all the young guys coming in and contributing making plays trayvon walker made the game ceiling sack on bo Nix um to ice the game you had uh you had kobe Dean just flying around the field. He's a freshman linebacker. They're comparing him to, uh, fair or unfair. They're comparing him to Roquan Smith. Um, Adam Anderson uh, made some plays. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, the, the kid out of, uh, Last Chance U, um, making plays all over the field. Um, you know, just Auburn not being able to run the football at all is kind of what did him in. But it was, uh, it was a good game up until, like, the fourth quarter where Georgia was, like, trying to choke it away. Um, but Georgia played outstanding all all game long, uh, at least on the defensive side of the ball. They they did okay offensively in the first half, and they just kind of put up the gas. That's, that's my only gripe and complaint. Um, but, you know, they're SEC champs. They've won. Uh, they've only lost one division game in the last two – in the last, what, three years, which is pretty damn impressive you ask me um, Georgia fans um, i I kind of it's it, it we must be spoiled because people are complaining that we don't win by enough and how we've won the east three years in a row and um, I think we've all, we haven't lost but one game in the east in the last three seasons and we're complaining about what what are we what are we complaining about we don't we, we're not winning games 80 to seven. I, I don't get it. Um, that's my gripe, I guess. If I, if I'm going to stay on the gripe train.
0: Well, well you know what? Uh, it's the same fans who are complaining about that are the ones who are sending, you know, uh, sending, uh, sending threatening emails to, you know, the court. Uh, I don't Sean get Clever. it, man. I, I, I don't I, get it either. I don't get it. I don't get, I just, either. I don't
1: get that. I mean, why? I mean if you're going to get that upset then why are you even watching in the first place if it upsets you that badly
0: yeah because like is, is the inverse is the joy so great that it offsets that because i can't imagine that no, it is cause, because it's, to get that to that level of anger yeah, about a game and yeah we all get that it's a, a, a business and there are much larger like socio political elements at play when talking about college football but still at the end of the day it's still like 22 guys on the field, you know, throwing a ball around. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, come on. I like, mean, yeah, it's, it's okay to get into it. It's okay. I mean, you you've watched me ebb and flow through the emotions, oh, God, but Matt, yeah. um, the half hour after it, I'm done. The, yeah. the game I put the game in my back pocket, and I'm done with
0: it. I mean, we're I all. Think, we're, we're, I think we're all relatively similar. Like I have it, when Wisconsin lost to Illinois this year. You know, thank well. A thank goodness, I actually left at half halftime of that game home to go tailgate for a Vanderbilt game. And thank God I did, because I was uh, at a place with an open container in my hand, uh, finding out the news that Wisconsin blew a very, very, very winnable game. But, you know, I wasn't even upset about it that, this time. That, that, that's just because I've I, I, I'm finally, you know, I guess matured now that I've hit 34. But so even
1: in your most immature moment, even in my but like, tired.
0: I would I would get upset about Wisconsin losing. But it's not like it was like, oh my gosh, like I have to go out there and make someone suffer and pay because the Badgers lost. Uh, they lost a game. <laughs> like, come on, man.
1: Like, it. I'm not. My night is never ruined if Georgia no. loses. I always I always had fun no matter what mm-hmm. because I had good friends.
0: Of course, of course.
1: And, and you, you just, that's just what you do.
0: And all of us, you know, we're relatively lucky. Georgia, Iowa, Wisconsin are all, in the last 20 years, winning football programs. Like, yes. teams that you win on a year in and year out, you know, you can expect to go to a bowl game every single year. If you are a Hawkeye fan, if you are a dog fan, if you are a Badger fan, you can expect to be in bowl games. The same cannot be said for even programs with much greater, quote unquote, legacies. If you're a Nebraska fan, <laughs> I mean, come on. Like that I mean if,
2: if I was a Nebraska fan, I'd send threats to myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a much larger uh, uh uh philosophical issue if you've decided to be a corn husker fan. Um, but let's talk about one of their former or two of their former uh big eight and then later big twelve brethren, uh Oklahoma and Baylor. Uh Baylor got out to a hot start, uh, but the wheels came off in the second half. Oklahoma comes back. Uh, behind the legs and arm of Jalen Hurts he only had 411 total yards and four touchdowns another ho-hum for him but again like at this point a I don't know if these numbers are I I don't even know if it it matters who's behind. obviously it matters who's behind center Jalen Hurts is a great athlete Kyler Murray was I mean people were mocking him for being drafted in the first round of uh, the baseball uh, of the baseball draft because they were like oh he's not really that great of a baseball prospect I mean dude this guy was one of uh was the best dual threat quarterback coming out of high school um for over probably like a five season span probably, he was probably the best high school dual threat guy since like Terrell Pryor when he came out of high school he was unbelievable and he's just an amazing amazing natural athlete but I, so I don't know if, if it's a if it's a product of Lincoln Riley's system or whatnot, but it just seems like every single game Oklahoma is able to get to just even if they're not able to get off the ground at first, just grind teams down and just break those big plays later and later. CD Lamb's again, CD Lamb is just. I mean,
1: always- Lincoln Riley. What Lincoln Riley's good at, Matt, is is getting the most out of what he's got. I mean, he does it in different ways. Like with Baker Mainsfield, it was more of the. RPO, pick teams apart, air raid, closer to the air raid uh, background that he has. He got Kyler Murray. It, it was a combination of both, because Kyler Murray could do just about everything. Now with Jalen Hurts, it's kind of – you're kind of closer to that Chip Kelly organ type scheme where yeah. everything is some sort of zone read, power read, counter read. Mm-hmm. You know, you have some simple uh, concepts to throw and and really just – it's either – an option, or just get the damn ball to CD Lamb and let yeah, go. And it,
0: it it seems to be in, in in the pass game. There doesn't seem to be an intermediate pass game for them. It's either no. like you know quick screens or or, or bombs. It's like play and, action.
1: I mean, a yeah. lot of it's predicated on play action. Like teams are going to suck up to play the run because that's what they do. They do that well with Jalen Hurts, and teams are going to come up. Safeties are going to come up. They're going to bite, and CeeDee Lamb's going to double move somebody and. Jalen Hurts is more than capable of throwing one right over the top and and hitting it, and that's what they did to kind of get back in it. They hit some big plays to get them re-energized. They did not take care of the football early on. I think they had what four turnovers in the first something half. Something like that. Yeah, they they
0: could not stop tripping over themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean they 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 beat themselves and then they just finally woke up and played their brand of football. I mean that that's kind of why I think you know. You could say, yeah, it's a product of Lincoln Riley. But, I mean, really, kind of it is. He's not – it's not him force-feeding a system onto these quarterbacks. It's him adapting what he does to these quarterbacks. That and maybe has. that's
0: what's most impressive about it. I mean,
1: there's no coincidence. I mean, it's not a coincidence that they he – he gets production out of three different types of quarterbacks. He's had his, – his three-year run at Oklahoma, he's had three completely different quarterbacks. And they're all putting up these ridiculous numbers. Mm-hmm. It's because that's... he knows how to evaluate their strengths. And, that, I mean, that's that was making, that what makes him great. Um, and I hate, I hate that he's at Oklahoma because, you know, historically it's really difficult to root for Oklahoma.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley is definitely somebody that uh, is fun, exciting to watch, and he's made Oklahoma – uh, even more relevant than Bob Stoops did.
0: I know it's 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 quite impressive. So, um, but I want to get uh, elsewhere in the Big Twelve, Josh. Oh, we had... I
2: want to I want to talk about Baylor,
0: though. Oh, oh okay, cool. then cool. let's talk about Baylor. Talk about Matt Rule. Talk about well, game day, the May being the there Dallas and Cowboys? Pat McAfee <laughs> jumping into the yeah. river, and having like... and ha- and having the absolute frauds uh as the pickers. I'm sorry. Get that couple out of my life.
2: I don't get what they did in the second half. Who were the guest pictures?
0: Um, it was that 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 couple that had the HGTV show in Waco. Um oh,
1: them. Yeah.
0: You, know, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know who
1: you're talking about. The guy looks chip like his name. Should be,
0: yeah, that's them. I said he he, look, he looks like a Chad, first of all.
2: <laughs> look like, yeah, like I mean
0: Chad. he could pass for a chip, but he really looks like a Chad, Chad.
2: Anyway,
0: And he's Um, a huge Baylor bro. Sorry, go on, Josh.
2: So you're up 31-10, start of the second half. Give up a touchdown, cuts it to 31-17. Baylor then basically had two choices for their second half strategy. Rely on their season-long good defense and try and milk the clock or keep your foot on the pedal and – add to the score and they did neither <laughs> this was their second half uh first play of their second half 32 yard run fumbled by their running back he didn't touch the ball the rest of the game their leading rusher outside of their quarterback three carries 42 yards six carries from non quarterback that's dumb That's not winning football. Even the Pirate would be like, come on, you got to have at least 10 carries. What are you doing? There are other drives. Three plays. Three plays, 90 seconds taken off. Um, It was a run by the quarterback. Incomplete, incomplete. Next series. Three plays, one yard, 90 seconds. Uh, A pass play, and then a sack, and then a punt. Well done. And then next drive, a punt. Three plays, 14 yards, a minute 10 taken off. They got a pass interference to give them a first down. After that, loss of one on a run, incomplete, incomplete. Well done. Last drive they had of the game, interception. Six plays, 35 yards, a minute 16 taken off the clock. Here's the play selection there. Pass. Sack. Pass. 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 What what are you doing? Like, I, coach, I'm not doing this to get a rise out of you. I haven't seen second half playing calling this asinine since a Super Bowl involving your Atlanta Falcons. Too soon? (laughs) I'm, I'm being honest. I'm not trying to, like, Mess with you? It's it's literally. I don't know what in the world Baylor thought they were going to do in the second half, but it was idiotic and it It's, it's the
1: called. Game. It's called. They don't have enough experience in that situation, and they choked, kind of like Dan Quinn in the Super Bowl. Yeah, never been there. Pacers have been there. Simple.
2: Yeah, but Matt, I think you wanted to go with the other. Game, Texas is back to losing to Iowa State.
0: And West Virginia beat Kansas State in the Little Apple. Ooh. Well, here, the Texas game, the Texas game
2: is really easy to dissect.
0: Okay, give me. Give it to me.
2: They got their butts whooped all game, scraped together a few points in the second half to take a brief lead before choking it. But um when you pass it 40 times and run the ball with players other than your quarterback 14 times your play balance is a little wonky when you go up 354 passing yards your defense isn't playing too hot it's more of a credit that texas was even in this game and it's really because you know iowa state lost the turnover battle and texas had a few nice plays there in the fourth quarter but correct team one the better team won and all is right in the universe when Texas can lose and roll the Joe Tessator clip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, I, I guess I just want to talk about the big 10 in general here for a quick, quick second before we jump into this weekend's games, because, you know, assuming Oklahoma comes out of the big 12, who have they really beaten? Like I, I look at their, I look at their record for the year. Okay, they beat this Baylor team, but I, I still think that Baylor is Smoking mirrors. Yeah. I mean, the the most impressive win on their resume is that Baylor game, and after that, it's Iowa State. It is Iowa State for yeah.
2: sure. I
0: mean, um, look, me, the, 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 I mean, we know they're going to win Bedlam. I'm not. I'm, I'm like. Every year I pick Oklahoma State I'm like this is gonna be the year like i've I'm giving up Josh, if I pick <laughs> Oklahoma State next weekend, like you need to come down to Nashville and like you know tie me tie me up behind this the the sooner schooner as they like roll off into the game and then tumble
2: well, I think onto the field like yeah i I think your I think your um observation is spot on I mean and it's sort of been reflected in the CFP rankings Oklahoma they're nine and one they're ninth in the country they are the nine and one teams behind them are Minnesota and Baylor and then you have to go all the way down to some FC go down to some group Group of five five. teams and so yeah they're They're really their only hope, I think, to make the playoffs is they need a two yeah they need a two loss Pac twelve champion. They need something to go off the rails for either Oregon or Utah to get them out of the picture. Then they need
0: uh they need a two loss Big Ten Big Ten champ.
2: Yeah, well, you know, you figure if Oregon and Utah can get out, they'll go from nine to seven. If Penn State loses, they'll be up to six. I I don't see a path for Alabama. They're not going to win their division. They looked
0: – Their most impressive victory will be Auburn.
2: Yeah, they, they looked
0: – Assuming they beat Auburn.
2: Yeah, they looked – Not so great once Tua went down. They've the SEC is not having as deep a year as it is used to having. Um, Georgia's really good, and LSU's really good, but but I still
0: I I still think Florida's pretty darn good.
2: But but there gets in Alabama's issues. They don't play Georgia. They don't. Yeah, they don't play Georgia. They don't play Florida. They lost their big matchup against LSU. Alabama lost yeah. the
1: only team they played that was any good.
2: Yeah, um, I, I think – I really think Bama is done. I don't see how they get in the playoffs. The, the interesting X factor is – I'm sorry, Clemson, you're, you're in the ACC. You haven't played a ranked opponent, and you're not going to play a ranked opponent. Was Wake Forest ranked
0: when they played or not?
2: Wake no, Forest were out of the polls by we're that of, point. Good gosh. And but, I'm, uh, I, I'm sorry if – But the, Clemson
1: if, is defending champs.
2: I mean, that, that's the
1: only thing they have and going their for. for margin their their of of vi- and their average
0: margin of victory is absurd. Besides, like, we, I think we still get hung up on that North Carolina game. But if you look but, at everything besides that, I mean, they are just absolutely destroying teams. Okay, so
2: did those Boise State teams that went to the Fiesta Bowl.
0: Yeah, and they won. My point exactly.
2: You just made the point for me. No, my point is Boise State wasn't allowed to be at all in the process of the BCS.
0: And now the, and now the system is bigger and there, isn't, there is enough room for a team that does that.
2: I, that gets into the stupidity though. Clemson's getting a pass because they're in the ACC and we think it's a power five conference. It's a crap conference. The American has, let's count them. SMU 25th, Cincy 19, Memphis 18. The Team that emerges uh, Navy was
0: Navy, Navy was ranked, Navy last was week. ranked. Temple's yeah. been ranked this year.
2: Yeah, the team that emerges from the ACC, from the American is not gonna sniff the college football players. That's true. They're and, not. And, and that not. And, 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 and Clemson, who's played squat, gets penciled in because they're defending champions. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that Virginia basketball was given an automatic spot in the final four because they won the tournament last year.
0: No, oh, come on. You know that's a straw man argument, Josh. Those, You know those are apples and oranges.
2: <laughs> no, but it makes for a
0: rant. I know. It, it, it is a good rant, and, it is, and, there, but, and there is an argument to be made about that. Yeah. But, okay, so then here's what's going to happen, though. They're going to beat South Carolina, and then they're going to beat it at, in Columbia, and then they're <laughs> going to have the he head-to-head to. over the team that Georgia beat. Or that lost – I mean, that, that beat Georgia. But – no, I understand like Josh I understand your argument I'm not I'm not disagreeing yeah. with it you you know I'm the biggest proponent of the uh, American conference outside of yeah. their freaking commissioner. But, he, but let's let's it, put it, it, it's the state of the matter is that like Clemson because we've seen we've seen this this team I mean they are just absolutely demolishing the competition. I know the competition is not great but it's you know I mean I mean the last time in their last six games, they put up 45-45, 59-59, 55-52 points. I mean, come on. This isn't the Big 12. Okay,
2: but, you know, they are in a crap conference. They, you know, let's see. Oh, they scheduled Charlotte for one of their non-conference games? They scheduled Charlotte. Wofford? Texas. Who cares about Texas A and and M sucks. No one thought A and M was going to be a factor.
0: A and A M was ranked before, before they before, played.
2: They're ranked now. Bef- before we came on air, Matt, you said Jimbo Fisher was Mark Ricked at Miami.
0: Yes, it was burned I, out I, I don't and disagree with care. that, but that, that still doesn't mean that they're not like they're not like a pushover. No, here's the here's the thing, and this is why,
2: um, this is why the playoffs is horrendous. It, it, let me give you a scenario. LSU and Georgia play the SEC title game. Mm -hmm. Georgia loses. Mm -hmm. But Georgia has beaten – let's run through the list.
0: Florida, Florida. Auburn. Auburn. Uh,
2: Let's say they lose Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Let's say they lose that SEC title game on a last-second field goal said
0: like epic. 38
2: like 38 to 37. Yeah. It's an epic. Sorry. We had this scenario last year. Sorry, you're a two-loss team. You're out. We're we're putting in Clemson cuz they went undefeated but they didn't play anybody. I'm cool with that. It's ridiculous. We, if, if we don't win,
1: we don't deserve to be in. With two losses, we don't deserve to be in over an undefeated conference champion. Yeah. But-
0: <laughs> In, but In the, the word the, of the immortal no, Edward Josh, you the, play to win the game. But the committee
2: is saying that your conference matters and who you play matters and that strength of schedule is involved. And they use that as their argument to bump down all these teams. They, you know, they bump Baylor and Minnesota way low. They have the eight the American conference teams as low as possible. So they won't even sniff the playoffs ever and they say hey you're you're dealing with a two loss gap here fine well then what about precedent okay so let's say georgia gets knocked out you have lsu you have ohio state you have clemson then what are you going to do a one loss alabama team or a one loss pac-12 champ i would say give the nod to the pac-12 champ okay what if you have a one loss oklahoma team Uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma will have played more ranked teams than Clemson.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I, I would say if Oklahoma's got one loss and there's a scenario where they fit in, then they get the nod. But if Georgia beats LSU, then
2: LSU gets that nod. If you put Clemson's strength of schedule in a blind resume, no one would take them. Not a single soul would take them. And the committee can say, well, you, you know, I think the committee likes to say that they do some of blind resume stuff. It's really hard to have a blind resume when the team that you don't have. It doesn't have matter. De- do you are 12-0. and 0. I know they're 11-0 right now. They're the only 11-0 team in the country. So when you're doing a blind test and you see 11-0 next to that, you immediately know who it is. It's stupid. I'm sorry, Clemson has played no one this year. I would love nothing more than for Clemson to get absolutely flat out embarrassed. I think that'd be the best thing for this playoffs for Clemson to get in and LSU drop about 60 on them, because I don't think Clemson's that good. I really don't. I mean, you're probably right there, but I mean, they they've they haven't. I
1: don't know. It's weird because I mean, they demolish teams. They've they played who's on their schedule and they've demolished them. They haven't lost a game,
2: so no. but I mean, I mean you can't
1: leave them out. But
2: yeah, what, it's a catch what,
1: twenty-two. You can't leave ang- them out.
2: Yeah, I mean what angers me, I feel like I'm pretty consistent on this. I wanted Boise State to be in the title, on back in the BCS days because they were one of the only undefeated teams in the country. They deserve that crack. So if undefeated matters, great, put Clemson in. But what pisses me off is the committee says. Strength of schedule matters. Committee says your conference matters, but then when it comes, going to Clemson, gonna say the committee's going to say whatever they feel like they need to. Say. Yeah, but the, when it comes to Clemson, they ignore it.
0: You or, need to be, or, need to be or, consistent, or they ignore it when when it comes to UCF a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what angers me. I don't I don't have a problem if it shakes out with Clemson getting in, but you would then need to have the you would have then needed to have central Florida in
0: recently. I agree. But by yeah, that I logic. If, if, if you you're... want to have that, cons- uh, a logical consistency across yeah. the committee, but then their argument would be that, well, the committee was comprised of a different group of whatever it is, 13, 16 people then because the committee changes out every a couple people every single it, year. In, and well,
2: then I would, then I would say, well, Clemson was defending. They would Champions. just
0: bl- let's face it. They would blame it on or Rice. But, I know, you know,
2: but I would, by that logic, I can make the argument. Well, Clemson won the national title a year ago, but they're a different team this year. They have different personnel. Exactly. So they're not. They're not defending champion. Just they are on paper, but it's not the exact same team. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Of course.
2: Of course. That's that's what angers me. Is that it's if they were consistent about it. If they were consistent about, let's be honest, Clemson would be about eighth in the country this year. Or if they were consistent about it, Memphis would probably be about tenth right now. yeah. Yeah. But they're not consistent about it. And that's what angers me, and that's what makes this whole playoffs stupid. And it's why I have yet to watch a CFP game.
0: Well, with that, my, my season
2: ends with the Iowa Bowl game.
0: Let's uh ben, <laughs> let, let's talk about uh, uh a game <laughs> that I think you will be watching this weekend, Josh. Ooh. Uh Penn State at Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the game. It's the only marquee game this weekend. This is it is a Oh, dirt. you don't
2: like the Western Carolina Bama game?
0: I mean, I'm about as excited for that as Hey, can I,
2: I can I interject as I am for
0: Samford Auburn. What? <laughs>
1: Um, I'm watching this NC State game. Oh, the, oh, the, the catch
0: the catch that that that, that the uh, Georgia Tech <laughs> plus player just made off of the the tip. Yeah, what That, that was insane. Th- this
1: is This is the God, this game is the worst.
0: <laughs> Why? Because Georgia Tech's winning or because
1: Yes, to all of it. It's really bad football.
0: Well, and the fact that NC State is like Georgia Tech was up like 28 to 3 and which is apparently the cursed score. But Georgia North Carolina State's coming back right now. Their entire is team court, is third. Their entire team is third stringers. Like they have more dudes on IR, if <laughs> I mean the college equivalent of IR, like out for the season than anyone. Yeah, um, I, I
1: like. I like that both of you got a uh,
2: Super Bowl dig on me. That was great. <laughs> that's
0: what we're here for.
2: Well, um, to to answer your question, Matt, both these teams have some unknowns about them. Uh, Penn State, when you run through it, they they played Iowa, barely won.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We talked about all the issues Iowa in that game. They lost to Minnesota. Ohio beat State Michigan
0: did they haven't they beaten Michigan?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, they beat Michigan.
2: So that's their one game. In Ohio State, they have their one game Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So, um for me, I'm just kind of looking at the trends and last two weeks for Penn state, they haven't looked like a top 10 team. The last two weeks for was for Ohio state uh, very much have looked like a top 10 team to say the least. Um, The horseshoe is a house of whores. I think, I think it's more likely for this game to be over at halftime than it is for Penn state to win. Coach,
0: how do you feel about that one?
1: I don't know. Let's – I think – I mean, I I think Penn State is still – I mean, they're still – I don't think much has changed about them. I think they had a bad game. But, um, you know, I I think – I certainly think they are uh, very much uh, not the team that yeah you know, I think if they just come and play and they're focused and whatever I think they can they'll get back on track and they'll they'll be fine um yeah you know, I think they're gearing up for for uh you know for this stretch run here and trying to trying to make some noise in the in the big ten so i mean we'll we'll just kind of see what they got i guess i mean
0: i don't know i I'm with josh on this one i just i Penn state is not the team. I, I don't know. I don't know. Who they're. They're, they're, there's something a little bit off about the Knits this year. Like They're very good, but they're not quite great. I think they have elements of their team that are great. I think their defensive line is that they only play three down linemen, but they are three outstanding, outstanding linemen. And they rotate eight guys in there, all of whom have the potential to be all conference guys. You know, they are very, very strong up on the defensive front. But their offense seems to just come in fits and spurts, and without KJ Handler at a hundred percent, it's going to be extraordinarily difficult for them to move the ball. He is so essential to them, not just as a receiver, but also in the return game. And he is still dinged up. I know he's supposed to play, but he is, you know, a, a, he, he does everything for them. And you know, if he's not a hundred percent, I mean, Ohio State is just, you know, with, with Chase Young back after that ridiculous suspension, um, he is going, you know. Sean Clifford is going to have one heck of a day trying to uh escape him.
1: Yeah, that's going to be <laughs> how, how do you how do you block him? How, how do you game plan for that guy? I mean that's... Well, you, well
0: you you, you, you you do the opposite of what Wisconsin did, which was at points just put Jake Ferguson, who is the pass catching tight end, soloing, solo blocking him with a pass catching tight end. That guess guess how that turned out, coach? I mean, <laughs> the answer is strip sack. Like, of of course it was. Like, it was he just toyed with him. It wasn't even funny. Yeah, he did. It, it
1: was. It was bad. I felt bad for the guy. I mean,
0: no, I didn't. I know. I I felt a little bad for the guy. I was angry as all heck at you know the combination of Joe Rudolph and Paul chris for even putting him in that situation. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, why I mean, isn't your yeah. pro football focus all American left tackle blocking him? And yeah, you know, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, no. I know. I I know the feeling. That's like uh that's like having Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle and running uh a hundred and sixty pound wide receiver on a jet screen on a crucial fourth and one on a jet sweep. I mean just just I mean, overthinking I it. I get it. Just overthinking you just, it. You just yeah. Just just do what most teams do against great pass rushers and especially teams like Wisconsin, where you get in your hippo formation, just maul the guy.
0: Yeah. Just you know, just run under, run directly run at him. him. Run run directly at him. Use an extra use an extra tackle. Use an extra guard.
1: Like, put seven of just them. I mean, just, just I mean it's it's pretty simple. Just maul it, wear him out, and then he won't be as good of a pass rusher.
0: Speaking of mauling, this Notre, this uh, North Carolina State team right now is starting to Dave Dorn is harkening back to his Wisconsin days right now, and they're just trying to bludgeon Georgia Tech back into this game. Um, yeah, I
1: mean that—that's—that seems to be the key against Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech is, yeah, has no yeah, depth. For whatsoever. those of you
0: listening, literally at any point after we record this, this will not be helpful for you because the game will be far—will be far, far over. Um,
1: but, but judging from the look of the the stands, not many people are watching this game, so they may be appreciative.
0: <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. Um, Josh, Jeff you know, Collins
1: in a medium pullover. <laughs> <laughs> what a tool.
0: <laughs> Josh um, any, other, any, any last thoughts here on Penn State Ohio State because I want to be honest with you not a whole lot else to talk about for this coming weekend besides you know I, I, I've i got my thoughts on UCLA USC we can get to that in a minute but
1: the only real SEC game is uh,
2: Georgia versus A&M yeah mm-hmm. any and upset potential for the Hoosiers hosting Michigan
0: I mean I certainly think so I think, certainly think so um You know the line on this one is like is like Michigan minus ten, man. I would grab those. I would gobble the Hoosiers up. They gave Mm. they gave Penn State all that they could handle last week. Um, I'd feel you know a a little bit better about them if their quarterback situation was a little more settled. But Indiana's frisky, man. In Memorial Stadium, Michigan with a uh in definitely in in a it's a crap (laughs) situation.
2: Well, I'll tell you the game I'm looking at. And we probably buried the lead just a pinch on this one. Ooh. but, but um, I know what
0: game you're talking about.
2: You know, it's it's the second to last week of the season. We know what that means in SEC country. So you have a blow-off game. You play.
0: No, you Josh, some, Josh. It, in, in that, you know how the, the chant is SEC, SEC. Yeah. think last week to the season, it's FCS, FCS. Yeah,
2: so – you know, Arkansas... It's we need a break. We need a break. <laughs> so Arkansas, as you would expect, you know, scheduled some Porsche schlub. I, I don't even know who they're playing. Let me bring I, it
0: up. I think they're in this little town in Louisiana called yeah, Baton Rouge. They're playing. Somehow, I, I guess they have to do a home-and-home home with them for some reason.
2: I don't know. It's it's On ESPN, it's just abbreviated LSU. I, I, I believe is, that, the, is that Louisiana Southern University?
0: um that one that one. Oh, no, it, it's uh lafayette southwest university yeah.
2: but you know arkansas had a few lumps this year we thought that they could contend for the west they are just somehow sitting at 0 and 6 in conference play just kind of a hard luck season but you know they've got this lsu team and missouri left i I think they're going to do it you guys. I think they're going to finish strong for their interim coach. They're going to fight hard. They're going to end the year 4 and 8, 2 and 6. It it really stands to reason that they would do that.
0: This would <laughs> th- this might be the, this would be one of the greatest his- upsets in the history of college football. <laughs> Definitely in the history of the SEC.
2: It's only a 42 and a half point money
0: line. I know. Well, I mean, th- those big ones last weekend, we saw Rutgers, Ohio State. Rutgers was a 52 point dog. They covered that one easily. <laughs> um, they only lost by 35. Well, so, but, 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 but gentlemen, before we go, we do have to talk about the biggest upset of the entire weekend last weekend. Do you know what I'm, do either do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about?
2: It's probably an Ivy League game. It is an Uh, Ivy League game. Brown over Princeton. Princeton, there it is. No. The Brown Bears.
0: Cornell over Dartmouth in Hanover. Ooh. Dartmouth, undefeated Dartmouth coming off of that huge win in Yankee Stadium over Princeton. Um, Hungover, baby. They were hungover because they lost to flippin' Cornell. Who was coming into the game at one in four in league play with their sole victory over those Brown Bears, who are dreadful mm-hmm. as always, um, who just won their first league game this weekend over Columbia.
2: Matt, uh, who's better, Cornell Rams in Iowa or the Cornell Brown Bears in Ithaca, New York?
0: Rams are are D three, right? Yeah yeah no i'll I'll also take the rams i'll take i'll take the rams i'll take grinnell i'll take co college while i'm at it
2: well Um, you might not want to take grinnell
0: they they don't even have a team anymore do they
2: they will next year allegedly we'll see we'll see
0: so yeah i just had to get that off my chest dartmouth i'm so disappointed in you Mm. i'm so disappointed in you um not just because your undefeated season is over, but you lost on senior day for the most successful senior class you've probably ever had. Mm. It's just embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. You had the chance to go out, to to take Jared Gerbino out, who has been just an absolute stud for your program. And I just, oh, it was so disappointing. Like, honestly, like, I, I know it's disappointing when I'm hearing about my, like, my, from my hometown, like, ch- not childhood, but like high school friends about it. Mm-hmm. I know that it's that bad. So I'm very disappointed in you, Dartmouth. Very disappointed. You're better than that. Do better. Uh, the, Do the cor- better, Big Green.
2: Cornell Rams in Mount Vernon, Iowa are four and five on the season
0: the Cornell, the, the uh the, the cornell big red are three and six on the season there you go
2: um their big rival is the co-college co i will give oh. you an update on them they are six and four Ooh. so uh some iowa d3 programs not doing too well last thing actually that i had i totally forgot to say this i actually discovered this a couple weeks ago and uh i went down a wikipedia rabbit hole was reading about like uh, Kent State and Akron football and stuff, and I, I learned about the Ohio Athletic Conference. It was formed in 1902. It's a D3 conference. It's still around, but it has it has some uh, some nicknames, gentlemen, mm-hmm. that I think you you'll know. We appreciate, like nicknames. That that I think you'll appreciate. Um, I, I'm going to go from most generic to incredible. So, Otterbin University. I'm sorry, they're the Cardinals. Not very, not very. What, wait, what native. school? Otterbin. O-T-T-E-R-B-E-I-N. Otterbin. Hey, never heard Cardinals, of it. Cardinals. Yeah. Not, not very good. Baldwin Wallace University. Yellow Jackets. Eh, eh. We, already have, we already have some of those around. Uh, Wilmington College. The Quakers already have some of yeah,
0: those around. Penn's got a monopoly on the Quakers. Yeah,
2: um, Marietta College, the Pioneers.
0: We got some pioneers. We got some yeah, pioneers in the, in the OVC.
2: Yeah, there's some pioneers. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the the meh ones. But but let's get let's get a little bit out there. Let's get a little bit crazy. How about a, a timeless one? Capital University, the Crusaders.
0: It's pretty good. Yeah, Holy Cross been been down that path before, but yeah, yeah.
2: but but it's still a fun name, it's still fun to say. And then, you know, one thing that we love on this show are when colors are added to things. So how about John Carroll University, the Blue Streaks?
0: Ooh, okay, okay. You have you you always have me when you have a uh, mid range uh, buddy cop film from the late nineties.
2: <laughs> um, Matt, in honor of uh, a a name that I think is incredible. It combines Middle Tennessee State's color with Raiders, but a little bit of a different color. University of Mount Union, purple
0: Raiders. Oh yeah. How about that? I can definitely get into some purple Raiders.
2: Yeah. They're like Um,
0: the D3 gods.
2: Yeah. Now, what do you guys think of when you think of
0: Ohio Northern University? I, I think of... Snow? I've never heard of it.
2: Snow's not a bad guess because they are the polar bears. Ooh. And then we have at Muskegum University, mm. the fighting muskies.
0: Ooh. Oh, wait. So muskie like the fish? Is their mascot a fish? Is their, If their mascot's a fish, then I can really get into that.
2: I will let you know what their mascot is in one second because I got to give... The winner of this conference unique name award, Heidelberg University, they are the student princes. What? <laughs> They're the student princes. What, what's confusing about that?
0: I mean, nothing apparently.
2: And yes, the fighting muskies is a musky fish. Yes. And the student princes are, well...
0: All I can think of is the little prince when you yeah. say it, like the student princess is like le petit prince
2: uh, no it's it's the student princes. it's uh it originates from an opera
1: <laughs> of course but what about what about the Millikan university they're the big blue are they in this conference <laughs> uh no they're in illinois so whatever
2: mm. d3 conference um they might but be maybe,
1: hold on, let me look up their
2: conference. but I mean they're not they're not having the fight Muskies traveling to the student princes game
0: I <laughs> like, wonder if I wonder if the uh, <laughs> uh, the opponents of the fighting Muskies like just like bring fishing rods to the game to taunt <laughs> them?
2: I mean, that would be amazing, I feel like you'd have to. So too, I, I, I but it also fight.
0: might be deemed like a weapon that could be used in the stadium
1: the Elmhurst Blue Jays.
0: Meh. Plenty of Blue Jays around.
1: Illinois Wesleyan.
0: Hmm. That, feels like Spart- that feels like no, a bulldog. That feels like a bulldog to me. There's
1: Spartans, Judge, based
2: on this logo. Mm. Ooh. God, the D3 has some incredible nicknames. No, they're the I, Titans. Uh, for fun, I looked at Grinnell's conference. Uh, I don't have time to go through these until you order it, order them, but so I'm just going to go in alphabetical order. The Beloit College Buccaneers, Cornell College Rams, the Grinnell College Pioneers, the Illinois College Blue Boys and Lady Blues for the women's team, the Knox College Prairie Fire, the Lake Forest Foresters, Lawrence Vikings, Monmouth Fighting Scots, Rippin' Red Hawks, and St. Norbert Green Knights. Carthage University, they missed the
1: uh... – they missed the opportunity
0: to be the, Carth- the Carthaginians. Well, Josh. It, I think they're the athletics. Josh, <laughs> I, did, I, I did earlier mention that my first game was the University of Rochester uh, Yellow Jackets game. The, nice. the University of Rochester plays in the University Athletic Association.
2: That's a nice generic name.
0: Headquartered in Pittsburgh, New York, my hometown of nine years. Ooh. Um, do you know what other schools are in the UAA?
2: Haven't a clue. Let's run through. One of them
0: is a former Big Ten member. Northwestern University. <laughs> it should be. But no, it's the University of Chicago Maroons. Ooh, the Morons. Yes. We also have um, a school that made my short list of colleges that I wanted to attend, Washington University in St. Louis. Oh. They are the Bears. Um, also- oh, yeah.
1: They're, they're in the same conference with uh Milliken
0: um which uh the other schools josh you will appreciate this we've got some uh some generic ones the emory eagles in atlanta kate the case western reserve spartans um but josh you have uh three to uh uh i have a top three to pick you have to pick between okay coach i need both you guys to uh to weigh in on this uh number one you from waltham Math- from waltham massachusetts the Brandeis University Judges. Ooh. Oh. I like that. From Pittsburgh, yeah. Pennsylvania. The Carnegie Mellon Tartans.
2: Isn't that like a uh, Scottish still, article of clothing?
0: Yep. Far, I think uh, they still on uh, uh, the wing tee. <laughs> <laughs> um, their mascot seems to be, yes, their, their mascot, in fact, is a Scotty dog. So, uh, yes. And then the third one, the New York University Violets. Ooh. I think I'm going to go Judges,
2: Violets, Tartans. Okay.
0: Okay, Coach? uh,
2: Uh, Because Judges is very unique. Violets violets is a good color, but there's other teams with colors. And Tartans, I'm sorry, it's just way too close to tartar sauce.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um, and once we have gotten into condiment talk, it's time to wrap up this edition (laughs) of Illegal Motions. You don't
2: let Coach do his racket.
0: It doesn't matter, does it?
2: (laughs) We're We're, in
1: dipping sauces. We're gonna we're gonna edit this. This is actually gonna lead the top of our program. (laughs) Hell yeah. Mm, Tartar sauce. We're gonna Mm. do this. We're gonna
2: talk about tartar sauce and then we're gonna do the basketball round. Okay,
0: quickly then, coach. (laughs) If each of your five fingers could had, had to if you could only have five condiments for the rest of your life, but you could have them come out of your fingers, you get one coming out of each finger, what are the five condiments you would have for the rest of your life?
1: See now this this is a real podcast now. Um,
0: <laughs> I actually so I got, I got this idea from listening to another podcast. Oh, so
1: nice. so I got ranch dressing, okay oof, uh, barbecue sauce okay honey mustard. mm hmm um a1
0: steak sauce barbecue and a1 interesting
1: yeah i would get like the like the the really sweet uh barbecue sauce and then mm-hmm. have like mm-hmm. the a1 is kind of like a okay one more and then uh <clears throat> and then uh shit like all my favorite condiments are barbecue sauce i guess you
0: have, to have ketchup <laughs> okay you got ketchup all right josh how about you
2: okay i love mayonnaise so that's okay. gonna be for sure
0: mm-hmm. in there
2: um i like to mix ketchup and mayonnaise together for fries so i think i can't have one without the other okay i, I like to put mustard on some good deli sandwiches what kind um, of mustard Um I am coupon. No, I'm a very specific person. I absolutely adore Planchman's yellow mustard. Okay. That's That's my go-to. Okay. Um this one it's not a traditional condiment, but I cannot tell you the amount of times I'm having like a taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. (laughs) And I didn't realize that I'm out of sour cream. Oh, God. I would have sour cream on the ready. I put it in chili. I put it on tacos. I put it on a taco salad. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Instead of
1: A1, I'm going to have some salsa.
2: Ooh, okay. <laughs> that's, okay, That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, my last condiment. Love salsa. This, this is a tricky one. Salsa's a little bit disappointing that I didn't think of salsa. I was thinking about guacamole or barbecue sauce. And I think I put... Hey, Matt. I, think I want I,
1: some guac.
2: guac. I, think I, I think I put guac on more stuff than barbecues. I
1: want some guac. Guac. Yeah. Um,
2: um, real, so- real quick, uh, before you do your five, Matt, I forgot to mention uh, adopted team update. We did it. Earlier this week in Match Action, Action, Eastern Michigan smoked Northern Illinois to get to six wins. The they have... They have Kent State next. Kent State's four and six, three and three. They see me uh, bowling. Yeah. If they go they seven and five, me. they go seven and five, you have to feel pretty good about making a bowl. Uh,
0: yeah, you do. All right. Um, Coach, Georgia your State – you, well, your, your Georgia State uh, – your, your Georgia State is top the squad. Uh, I think lost to Appalachian State last week. Well, They
1: lost their Big. quarterback for the season, I believe, yeah. towards ACL, I think.
0: Oh, That's a rough one. That's a rough one. Yeah. Um, you know, East Carolina, 0-6 in conference, 3-7 uh, and 7 on the season. It is just it's, – it's not been pretty for them recently. But what – do you, in fact, they've lost five in a row. But you know what is pretty? The five condiments coming out of my left hand, not my right. Ooh. Out of my left hand. First of all, Josh, I'm mad you said it before I did. Sour cream for me, number one with a bullet. Ooh, yeah. Love me some sour cream. Number barbecue, two.
1: Barbecue, 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 barbecue.
0: Josh. You have a specific mustard. I have a very specific mustard as well. Golden's Brown Mustard. Ooh. Don't leave home without it. Number <laughs> three, Thousand Island Dressing.
2: Yeah, interesting. I like, I like Thousand Island on taco salads, but not much else.
0: Oh, I like, I'll put Thousand Island on damn near anything.
2: And for our astute listeners, yes, I do put sour cream and Thousand Island on my taco salads.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, number four garlic go salsa
2: and ranch on that garlic what
0: garlic aioli oh uh, okay, garlic aioli. it's a it's a it's a mustard it's extra not a mustard it's a mayonnaise it's extraordinary versatile number five this is this, this is really tough I, I i kind of part of me wants to get like an alabama white barbecue sauce because i can put mm-hmm. that on a lot of things but i think i'm actually gonna go with Cholula, hot sauce. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't think I can live because I I have to have it on my eggs, and I eat a lot of eggs. So I got mm. sour cream, I got Cholula, I got Thousand Island, I got garlic aioli, and I got Golden's brown mustard.
1: Okay, an that... honorable mention for me is uh, Frank's Buffalo. Ooh, All
2: right. I would say I would say an honorable mention for me is. You ever had that just horrible moment where you're sitting down about to eat your fish and chips? And there's either you don't no, have hot sauce. No, I was gonna you say there's there, no vinegar?
0: No vinegar, or vinegar. Or no, vinegar. Yeah, but vinegar's not versatile enough, and I'm not eating enough fish and chips to to justify it.
2: You gotta change your fish and chips intake then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know who is good fish and chips. Whatever college was the fighting Muskies. <laughs> Muskegon?
0: Pearl
1: Cohn? Yes. <laughs> Pearl Cohn. And, Cone a really and good we have
0: made it full circle here on the 205th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. So, on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, here in Nashville, Tennessee, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and County, Josh Cook, up there in Chicago, Illinois. This is the professor in the Music City saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Yeah, baby. Thanks for listening to the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. To get in touch with the show, email us at illegalmotionpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at illegal underscore motion and check out our Facebook page.